Hey, yo, you ready? Let's do it. Must be spoken about. We've got NBA action. What the heck is going on with all these massive contracts? It's out of control. And we've got live Wimbledon, day four. It's action-packed. And what is our boy Tomic? What is he up to now? News straight off the press. It's no holds barred. I'll play your pussy down with the Harlem Heat. All of a sudden, niggas got a problem with me. Black, what happened? They running around acting like the black don't care to eat. And you know what? What? For some strange reason, I'm off of this medication, feeling deranged, sneaking. But y'all to put the word out. Come on, we ain't leaving. We trying to be rich before we don't stop breathing. Therefore. No holds barred. To say we've got a packed show today would be a massive understatement. It is just slammed full of things today. We've got Australian Rules football. We want to get on that quickly. We want to talk about something that seems to be a common theme, especially this season, but it's been going on for a while. We'll get to that here in a minute. We're going to talk about the NBA these incredible contracts that are being thrown around, cash being thrown around the NBA like it's confetti. It's incredible what's going on there. And we've got the busiest days so far on the Wimbledon schedule. Men, day four, we've got Nadal, Dimitrov, Djokovic, Del Potro, Monfils, just to name a few. And of course, we're going to talk about our favourite, our favourite player, Bernie Tomic. What's he done now? And what next? In saying that, we're going to segue on to Australian Rules football. I just wanted to, uh, we're not going to talk so much about teams and, and uh, you know, games this weekend. We're going to talk more about uh, Australian Rules football on the program as finals get closer, it's all about Wimbledon right now. We've got the the uh, Wimbledon championships going on, and we've got craziness going on over in the states in the in the NBA with the free agency with player movement. But we want to talk about notice something there in the media <clears throat> a couple of days ago. Tom Boyd from the Western Bulldogs. We all know that uh, 
Tom had a, an amazing grand final, an amazing final series last year. <clears throat> He's always been. Uh, under a, a bit of pressure or scrutinised because of the big contract that he signed when he came across to uh, the Western Bulldogs from GWS, making him automatically a million-dollar player with not too many runs on the board. So um, a lot of sceptics said that, well, you know, what's he done to deserve that kind of contract at, at AFL level? Um, but all that was, all that was really... Uh, Justified, I guess, with that grand final performance with the Western Bulldogs breaking their grand final drought last September, beating the Sydney Swans. But this year for Tom Boyd has been disastrous. And in fact, it's been a disastrous season for the Western Bulldogs. They're currently sitting 10th on the ladder right now and their list is loaded. They've had a few injuries, but they just can't seem to find any form. And now a couple of days ago, it comes out that Tom Boyd, the 21-year-old with the movie star looks, the, uh, the athletic frame is suffering from mental illness. Now, this is starting to become a real common theme in the AFL. Mitch Clark was the first one that really sort of came out uh, a few years ago in regards to this. He, uh, he walked away from the game because he really couldn't handle the pressure or the, you know, the everyday uh, grind and scrutiny and that comes with being a professional athlete. He disappeared for a while into the wilderness and then he came back and played again and then he didn't last long. He's disappeared again. Buddy Franklin, I believe it was about 12 months ago, same thing. And it was a real shock when uh, Buddy Franklin, the, the poster boy for the, the AFL, uh, came out and said that he's been suffering with, uh, with his mental health. He was having problems making decisions, uh, wasn't, enjoying, wasn't enjoying his football, having problems focusing. You know, the list went on. This is a guy who, you know, signed the biggest contract in AFL history there when he left Hawthorne uh, to go up north to the Sydney Swans. Huge shock. Buddy Franklin, what's, what's Buddy Franklin got to be, got to be worried about? Why, why would he have mental illness? A talented athlete who plays sport professionally week in, week out and gets paid handsomely for that. What on earth would you be worried about or concerned about? So that was a real shock as well. Buddy Franklin, mental illness. It just didn't add up. So Buddy Franklin also took a leave of absence from the game to take care of his mental health. So he was, the, he was really the next one, the next high-profile player this year, this year alone. In fact, this year over a two-month period, Collingwood player Alex the Faz, Alex the Faz Fasolo, the charismatic forward who plays for Collingwood Football Club, the Magpies. Well, his form was uh, uh, very suspect early on. Couldn't kick straight. Was getting plenty of the ball, just couldn't kick him through the big sticks. The sim most simplest skill in football, he couldn't perform. And as each week went by, the pressure started to mount. Then all of a sudden, it comes out, Alex Fasolo is seeking help because he has mental illness. 
suffering from forms of depression. So a constant pattern continues to be taking place. And the AFL have got to ask the question, what is going on with our players and why, why is this happening? Now, of course, each individual is different and it's going to be a case-by-case basis, but it's quite disturbing when every month there's an AFL player coming out saying, I'm suffering from mental health issues, I need help, I'm not enjoying the game, I can't focus, I'm worried all the time, I can't handle the pressure. So the Faz seeked help for his mental health and then a week later he was back in the Collingwood lineup running around again trying to kick goals which didn't make sense at all whatsoever it really made no sense at all how can you come out and say that you're suffering from a form of depression or mental health or unhappiness and then you're running around at AFL level two weeks later would you make a miraculous recovery? I didn't understand this at all. And I think Collingwood Football Club really uh, probably rushed him back into the lineup when really he should have been probably not, not in the team to play two weeks after coming out and saying, I've got mental health issues. Did not make sense at all. I still don't understand it. But Fasolo seems to be taking it on a week-to-week basis. The Collingwood Football Club made statements saying, like, he's going all right, he's, he's good, he's in high spirits, that kind of thing. Then not long after that, Travis Cloak came out from the Western Bulldogs, another former Collingwood player, now at the Western Bulldogs. He started the year in electrifying form. But since then, he's been out of the team because they've had premiership stars and younger players coming back into the, into the lineup. And all of a sudden, Travis comes out and says, I'm suffering from mental illness. Travis Cloak, he's been in the league over 10 years. He's played in premierships. He's won goal-kicking awards. He's been a dominant centre-half forward during the prime of his career. He's seen everything. He's been on TV. He's been on the footy show, media. Why all of a sudden is he struggling day to day with his mental health? And then a month after that, we've got the big guy, Tom Boyd, the 21-year-old who came across from GWS to the Western Bulldogs on a big money deal, set his family up for life. All he's got to do is run around take marks, kick some goals here and there, sign autographs. And he's now in a dark, dark hole. So the AFL have really got to ask some questions here. Why are players going through this? It's great that they're seeking help, but there seems to be an epidemic right now and uh, Tom Boyd's the latest one amongst a lot and I think we're going to see more of this and it's not going to go away and uh, well done to the players for coming out and seeking help but questions need to be asked by the AFL and I wish Tom Boyd all the best and let's hope he gets better soon this is No Holds Barred
Man, this this mental illness with athletes, with professional athletes, but especially our athletes here, like in Australia, like Aussie Rules football. Uh, you just don't see it as often in some of these other sports abroad. I don't know, maybe they're just not, uh, maybe it's not, not as prevalent. I don't know. It's an interesting one. It's fascinating. But the AFL, they've got to do something about it. They really do. Player welfare. It's important. So we're in the studio. No holds barred. We're going to segue on to... Uh, we've just got some results coming in from uh, day four at Wimbledon. Thomas Burdich is on court right now. He's playing Ryan Harrison from the United States. Burdich in control. Two sets, two sets to one up in that one there. Uh, but we're going to get into some more tennis here. We've got an action-packed schedule with the tennis on today's program. There's all kinds of things going on. And Bernie Tomic, he's in the news once again. I can't wait to uh, can't wait to hit that one a little bit like a little bit later on. But right now, we're going to segue onto some uh, NBA basketball because we will need to talk about these incredible, explosive contracts that are getting thrown around in the NBA for players that you and I have never heard of. Yes, that's correct. You and I have never heard of, and I believe there's a lot there's a lot of athletes over in the United States that that play in the NFL and play some of these other sports that are very envious of these NBA contracts that are, that are going around to some of these some of these players. Now, I haven't got a problem with superstar players or star players, you know, making money and getting paid big dollars. But there's a lot of guys right now that are getting paid an incredible amount of money for just being mediocre in their league or in their professional sport. So I'm going to start with this. Has anybody out there who listened to the No Holds Barred program heard of Otto Porter? Otto Porter played his college basketball at Georgetown University. He currently plays for the Washington Wizards in the NBA. He averaged 13 points a game last year. He's only two or three years into the league, and a couple of years ago out of college, he was a bust. He was a bust. Average player. But in that time, the three-point shot in the NBA has become the most coveted skill set in the NBA. If you cannot shoot the ball from long range now in the NBA and shoot the three-point ball, then you're a liability. You are a complete liability. Doesn't matter if you are six foot tall. Doesn't matter if you are seven foot three, like Kristaps Porzingis. If you can't shoot the three, you're going to go and sit on the bench next to the assistant coach, or in fact, you're going to go sit on the be- sit on the bench next to the towel boy, the guy who wipes the floor, wipes the sweat off the floor. That's how important the three point shot has become in the NBA. Now, Otto Porter has been reported, has been offered a contract of around about $100 million. And this guy averages 13 points a game in the NBA. No, he's not their best player. 
He's not Washington's best player. They've got John Wall, who is their best player. Otto Porter is just a a role player, so to speak, who can sh- who who's developed a three-point shot. And they're going to splash $100 million on this guy where three years ago, that contract, he would have been the richest player in the league. So how does that work, you ask? Well, Steph Curry, who signed a $201 million deal with the Golden State Warriors there about a week ago, well, he's revolutionized the, he's revolutionized the game with long-range shooting. And because Steph and the Golden State Warriors shoot the long ball and have been super, super successful. The rest, of the, the rest of the league is a copycat league, copycat teams, copycat players. And now they all want to be doing So because the Golden State Warriors have cracked the code, led by Steph Curry, three-point bombing, three-point shooting, well, the rest of the league and the rest of these franchises and general managers are looking for three-point shooters to spread the floor to hit the long ball. Copycatting at its finest. So players such as Otto Porter, who are average and mediocre and just straight-up role players, as I said, Otto Porter is definitely not the best player on his team. You've got John Wall and you've got Bradley Beal uh, on that squad. Those guys can flat-out ball. John Wall's an all-star, and Bradley Beal, I think he's been an all-star before as well. He's borderline. He's close. He's very close. He's been a little bit injury-prone uh, throughout his early parts of his career, but yeah, he's a guy who can get you 25 a night. Otto Porter's not getting you 25 a night consistently, like a Bradley Beal. Otto Porter's used to sitting next to Towboy on the bench. Asking Towboy for some water. Can I get a drink? I'm thirsty. I may go in here. I may get some garbage time. Now what I Porter could possibly sign a, a contract worth over $100 million. This is how Steph Curry has revolutionized the league with the three-point shot. So clubs are looking for three-point shooters. They're not looking for big men that you can dump the ball to down low and post up. <clears throat> If you can't shoot the three-point shot, you're sitting on the bench next to Towboy, or you're playing over in Mongolia. That's the reality of the league right now. And that's why tall players, small players, doesn't matter. As long as they can shoot, they can make some major, major cash. And that's Never been more evident than right now. And Otto Porter is a perfect example of that. You're listening to No Holds Barred. So it's all about the three-pointer. That's the way the league is now. Golden State. They can shoot the lights out. They do it better than anybody. That's why they're dominating the league. And here's one for you. The Golden State Warrior franchise, seven years ago, the owner purchased the franchise for $450 million. 
You know, those listeners out there, you might think, geez, that's a lot of money. $450 million to own a team? That's not really a lot of money. That's chump change for a professional sporting franchise in the United States. The Golden State Warriors, they were the pits. They were average. They weren't a powerhouse at all. They were pretty much just making up the numbers. They went and drafted Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. And those guys have developed into either a star player or a superstar player or a megastar such as Steph Curry, what he's, what he's become. Seven years later, after the franchise was bought for 450 and they constructed the roster, how they saw fit, through Jerry West. Jerry West was the, the guy behind the scenes, uh, the former Lakers legend and general manager. He was at Golden State. He was the one as a consultant, whether you want to call him a consultant, whether you want to call him the general manager or uh, however, you, or, or chief scout, he had a big say in which direction they went with the draft. So in, in terms of Thompson, Curry and Green, Draymond Green, since then, the Golden State Warriors have made three NBA finals and won two titles. Today... That franchise is valued at $2.6 billion. So it's six and a half times the value of what, what it was originally bought for. $450 million investment. Your return right now, if you were to sell the club, sell the franchise, $2.6 billion. That's impact, baby. That is major, major impact. that Steph Curry and what he's brought to the team and the league and the three-point shot, that is impact. That is value. Now, Steph Curry, he's changed the game. He's changed the way the league is through the three-point shot. He's not the best player in the league. LeBron James is the best player in the league and has been for quite a long time. Yes, we know Russell Westbrook has the MVP. We're not going to talk about that because that was charity. Russell Westbrook, night in, night out, he puts bums on seats. Yes, I would sit courtside and watch Russell Westbrook. But he's not the MVP of the league. LeBron James is the MVP of the league. He's the most valuable player. And any player in the NBA, if you were to sit them down and ask them in a private conversation, they would agree. But what Steph Curry's done for the Golden State Warriors since being drafted in terms of the three-point shot. And now we've got copycat teams. We've got copycat GMs out there looking for shooters. Doesn't matter if they're big or small. Doesn't matter if they're Otto Porter and they play in Mongolia. If you can shoot the three ball, hey, we're going to take a look at you. And the Golden State Warriors do it better than anybody else. And they're going to continue to dominate unless these other sides can recruit some superstar players and form super teams and shoot the three ball just as well as the Golden State Warriors. It's a big ask. 
But teams need to take action and they need to have a go. They need to crack the code. And the code is three-point shooting, spread the floor, pass it around, play mad defense at the other end. But you need stars, baby. You need superstars. This is no holds barred. Seriously, how about those numbers, though? Golden State Warriors, $450 million seven years ago, and now they're valued at $2.6 billion. Man, it's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Amazing stuff. We're going to talk about the Boston Celtics and Danny Ainge. We know yesterday Gordon Haywood made the decision to head up north to the Boston Celtics, join the join the tradition, the traditional powerhouse, successful franchise. The Boston Celtics will be much improved with Haywood, but they're not beating the Cleveland Cavaliers with this team. They need more. And if I'm Danny Ainge, if I'm Danny Ainge and I'm sitting there in the office with my 23 draft picks or however many he has accumulated over the last four years, I'd be picking up the phone and calling the New York Knicks. And the conversation that I would be having, I would be asking about Kristap Porzingis, the seven foot three star that is disgruntled in New York. Because if I'm Danny Ainge, I've got to sit there and go, hey, we've got Haywood, we've got our man. That's great. He's going to add value to our squad. But surely Danny Ainge sits there and says, yeah, but we're still going to pull up short against the Cavs. We still can't get through the Cavs with what we've got. We can't get through the Cavs with Haywood, with Isaiah Thomas, with Al Horford and a bunch of B, a bunch of B grade players. They need another blue chip star. Whether it's Mello, whether it's Carmelo Anthony, he looks like he's going to go to Houston. There's been no talk of Mello to Boston. It's either Houston or it's Cleveland with LeBron, his mate. Houston's got the front running, I think, at this stage. I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling New York City. I want to do a deal. I want Porzingis in green next year with Haywood, Isaiah Thomas, and Al Horford. Porzingis, seven foot three, massive wingspan, can spread the floor, shoot the three. He's got it all. He's the modern day big man that you need in the NBA. He's not one that sits there on the low block and says, hey, throw me the rock. I'm going to pound the ball. I'm going to post up. He's out there on the wing. He wants to shoot the three ball. He fits the mold perfectly. If I'm Danny Ainge, I'm taking those draft picks and I'm giving the New York Knicks whatever they want. You want three first rounders and a couple of players? Done deal. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Oh, 
You want two first-rounders and, and three players? Done deal. Let's do it. As long as it's not Al Horford, Isaiah Thomas, or of course Haywood, hey, you can have whoever you want. We want Porzingis. If you're the Celtics, it's time to get aggressive. Because with that team that they've got right now, they ain't beating LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers with that squad. If LeBron hangs around in Cleveland with Irving and Love, they'll win the East as long as they want to. Boston need to add more pieces. And there's not too many more out there that they can add to their squad to get them over the hump. Don't worry about the Warriors right now. You need to worry about LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, I think he's going to bolt to LA after this year. But he's hanging around for another year with this, with this squad. They're going to make another run at it. Somehow. And if they pull up short to Golden State, hey, I think he leaves to LA. Tries to win titles there. Build the brand. Build the, build the legacy. Build the mogul empire. Danny Ainge, stop sitting in your office looking at your draft picks. Get on the phone. Call New York. Kristap Porzingis is your man. This is no holds barred. If you leave lonely, cause you're not just my love, you my homie, who's gonna console me? My love, I'm out of control, homie. Boston, gotta make it happen now. Was it gonna pull up short? You're not beating LeBron James with that squad. He's too special. And Corey Irving's pretty handy too. We're going to segue onto some Wimbledon tennis. It's day four and it's action packed. And we've got to get through a lot of matches here. There's some updates there. Thomas Burdich got over the line there against Ryan Harrison in four sets. So he moves through comfortably. Rafa Nadal was in action tonight. He destroyed Donald Young, 6'4, 6'2, 7'5. Nadal probably. Looks the strongest of all the uh, all the elite superstars <clears throat> early on in this tournament so far. He looks uh, he looks indestructible. Uh, my boy Grigor Dimitrov uh, made light work of Marcos Bagdadis, six three six two six one. He's a blue chip athlete. Grigor Dimitrov, we've spoken about him before. Comes from great stock, and he steamrolled Bagdadis tonight. Um, Marcos was searching for answers early on, and he just he just couldn't find his rhythm at all. Uh, he was off balance from the get-go, and Grigor was far too good. Novak Djokovic destroyed Pavlosek from the Czech Republic, 2-2-1. Two, two and one. It was a real walk in the park for Novak. He was, that match was never in doubt. Um, he moves on to round three. Uh, we spoke about yet on yesterday's program that uh, Juan Martin Del Potro was someone who was going to give Novak um, some headaches in round three. Well, he's been beaten. Ernest Gulbis has come out and hit 25 bombs and 60 winners off the deck to beat Del Potro, 6-4, 6-4, 7-6. So Gulbis has got a, has a bit of a reputation for being crazy and unpredictable, but when he's motivated and he's focused, he's a top 10 talent. He's going to have a shot at Novak in round three. So that match will be interesting there. If Gulbis can continue his focus and play at that same level, Novak's not going to have that all his own way. Roger Federer is currently on court right now, playing uh, Lachevic. Won the first set in a tie-break 7-6, and it's early early days in the second set, so 
Roger is uh, looking like he's getting the job done there. Even though it was a tight first set, uh, probably looks to pull away as the as the match progresses. So uh, expect Roger to get through. And the Mercurial Garmon Fees defeated Kyle Edmund on centre court earlier on, uh, ending Kyle's uh, British hopes. And uh, that was in three tight sets. Uh, always entertaining is Gale. Uh, he's an explosive athlete. I remember seeing Gale uh, at Melbourne Park there a few years ago. I was there working with some um, with some juniors. Gale was on an outside court, and he was uh, a sight to behold, without a doubt. Just his athleticism, uh, the amount of heat he was generate, generating off the ground, off the deck with the ground strokes. Uh, he was uh, he was somebody who definitely gets your attention uh, with his athleticism and his power. And Kyle Edmund clearly lacks the firepower and the athleticism to be an elite top 10 player. So for Kyle, it's uh, really where the improvement's going to come from is the key for him moving forward. He's uh, been a top 50 player, I believe. I think he might currently be in the top 50 right now. Um, but for him to go... You know, top 20, top 10, he needs to find another gear. And he was nowhere near the uh, the level that uh, that Gale was tonight. You could see Gale was on a different a different level, a different class, uh, a different uh, a different stratosphere. But uh, Kyle Edmund, he's, uh, he's the next in line for, for British tennis. How high he can go, uh, that is yet to be seen. But he definitely has his work cut out if he's to compete. Uh, at the business end, and and to uh, to make quarterfinals and semifinals of major events like a like a Monfils, um, and the golf in class and power was evident tonight as Monfils moves on to round number three. Coming up next to wrap up the show, we're going to talk about our good friend Bernard Tomic, who is in the news again. We're going to talk about this next to wrap things up. This is No Holds Barred. So we're on the home stretch here of No Holds Barred. Before we get onto this Tomic, this Tomic information, I was going to talk about, um, I was talking tonight with uh, one of my really, really great friends, Shane Reed, who is the, the Davis Cup court curator uh, for the Australian Davis Cup team. Uh, he puts together all the grass courts uh, when we play home ties here, and, and grass is the surface uh, that we play on, obviously depending on who the opposition is. Um, we want a we want a favourable uh, court, and if grass is a surface, he's in he's in charge of uh, putting that court together. And we we're talking about I don't know if you listeners you, you guys have been tuning into Wimbledon uh, since the start of the event, but in terms of the court conditions and the the courts look extremely green and fresh, but they're is actually, in terms of the courts, there's actually ball marks and footprint marks and that kind of thing in the court, and you can see it on the TV screens as you watch the 
as you watch the coverage. And Shane was talking to me about this tonight, and he said he cannot believe how much bruising there is on the courts in the first couple of days. Now, I asked him, like, what do you mean in terms of bruising? He says, well, can you see how there are ball marks that are showing up on the grass? Like, it's it's like it's moist, like it's like it's dewy, like the, it's, it's somewhat wet. And he was explaining that to me in terms of that's the way they've produced the courts this year at the event. And the reason why they have done this is for viewing purposes, for basically for uh, for appearance only and I thought this was very interesting because it causes footwork issues because of the the dew or the the moisture on the top of the surface um, so if you're seeing players slip over on court um, and that generally happens in the first week of the event or definitely the first two or three days of every Wimbledon but um, in terms of the way the courts are this year how they've developed them um, it's probably more evident that players are going to be able to lose their feet and have footwork issues uh, during their matches early on in the first two or three days. Now, I asked Shane, I'm like, so what do they actually do with the court? What's the difference? And he said, what they do is, the court curators, they actually put uh, a high nitrogen fertiliser, and it's basically basically for appearance only. So, for, so the courts look nice and green and... Uh, it's a great, very scenic and a great spectacle. And what it does is it makes the leaf of the grass soft and it causes the bruising. So when the ball bounces or when the players, you know, plant a foot, it actually leaves the bruising on the court so you can see the bark. Um, but what it actually does is it makes the surface slippery and, and it does cause footwork issues. So uh, I just thought that was very, very interesting. So if you're watching the Wimbledon coverage at all uh, over the next couple of days, Take a look at the court, um, and if you notice uh, notice uh, a discoloration or the, or the court bruising, it's because that's the way they've developed them this year, um, and uh, they've put a high, high nitrogen fertiliser on it to, to make the court uh, look beautiful and fantastic in its appearance. Um, so there's some inside information for all you tennis nuts out there from uh, Australian Davis Cup court curator, and my, uh, my great, great mate, Shane Reed. Stay tuned. We're coming back. We're talking Tomic. This is No Holds Barred. good friend Bernie Tomic. So Tomic has been in the headlines as we know over the last couple of days for all the wrong reasons and we saw his infamous press conference if you didn't see it you need to check it out where he talked absolute nonsense on why he lacked motivation couldn't figure out why he lacked motivation uh, sometimes I just don't want to do it. Uh, I could possibly win a Grand Slam if I put the work in. Blah, 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 blah. What a load of nonsense. Full of excuses. Well, it turns out today that Tomic's not quite as smart as what he thinks he is. 
Because he sat there in the press conference, disrespected himself, disrespected the game, disrespected the, the media, disrespected all the Australian players and all the players, nonetheless, that have come before him. He's disrespected the event, the Wimbledon tradition. He's disrespected the fans, and the list goes on and on and on. And he's done this with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, as if to say, well, you know what? It is what it is, and I don't really care, um, because I'm just going to play tennis for the next you know, possibly 10 years, and then I'm never going to have to work work again in my life. So, you know, it's fine. I'm okay with it. So Tomic sits there with all that bravado and all that arrogance, and he thinks he's clever. He thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Well, I've got news for Bernie. He's not. He's not really smart at all. In fact, he comes across as pretty bloody foolish with no intelligence whatsoever. And tonight, some events have taken place that clearly back that up. Because Tomic's performance over the last few days... have been noticed not only by those in the tennis fraternity but all those around the world but also from major major sporting companies and Bernie has lost sponsorships and endorsement deals in the past due to bad behaviour well one of the major major deals that he has is with the racket company Head. Head Rackets, one of the biggest companies on the planet in terms of the tennis game. Well, tonight they made a statement that said, Bernie, we're sorry, but we can no longer be affiliated with yourself. We're tearing up your contract. So Head Rackets have torn up Bernard Tomic's contract and he won't be using their rackets in any tournaments on tour at all. So well done to yourself, Bernie. You sat there in the press conference and you carried on like you're the smartest kid on the planet. Well, you've just lost your racket deal. I don't know what it's valued at, but it's a major, major deal, no doubt. So starting from next week, you better find a new brand, mate. Because Head have had a gutful, just like the public, just like everyone around the globe. You need to take a good hard look at yourself, look in the mirror, go and find a new racket brand that wants to be affiliated with you. I think you may have your work cut out for you there. But I thought that was interesting news. Head of Seven Ties with Tomic. This is No Holds Barred. We'll see you guys on tomorrow's program. We gotta put the word out. Come on.
his dreams to flame. You got the wire? If not, I ain't saying no names. You soon expire. No pain. I feel remorse for some cautious. Me and Diddy are first raising pulses with the big twin valve exhausted. On the cover of your vibes, double like sounds and sauces, bitch. you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.